a relatively new mom, I feel like it's somehow the greatest accomplishment. And it's like, this is what we were born to do, yet it feels like such an accomplishment, if that makes any sense. Yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) Yeah, look, I, I, um, yeah, I totally agree. And I'm happy to, uh, yeah, just freestyle. There's nothing I don't feel comfortable talking about. I'll answer anything the best I can and as honestly as possible. So I'm happy to just roll with it. Awesome. What's your morning routine look like? Oh, my morning routine at the moment, I literally have like just, I've been trying to train myself to sleep in a little bit longer because I went so long with not being able to sleep in from coaching at early hours in the morning for years and years to then having a baby. And um, yeah, I just got, I am a morning person as it is. So I normally rise early, but um, yeah, I've actually just been recently trying to practice letting myself stay in bed a little bit longer now that Scotty's sleeping a tiny little bit longer. Like she's kind of getting a little bit more onto like a, like a human, not a baby, like a, like a person schedule. Um, and so, yeah, I've been practicing that. I still typically like to be up before everyone else. That's kind of my thing. I think a lot of mums do say that too. Um, I like to be up and I've always done that anyway, but I like to have that little bit of time just to like ease into the day, do my things that are kind of like boring mum things, me time, quiet time where like everybody else is still asleep first thing in the morning. Um, And it's nothing crazy, but it's kind of just like my own check-in because then, you know, when hubby and baby wake up, it's like, let's go tornado. Um, So I do that. And then I have like my sort of set things that I always do. So Pretty much for years, I always drink a warm glass of water, like a half a glass of water every single morning. And then I have like this gut drink that I drink. So I always have like my my liquid and then I like settle. Um, and then usually I'm going to do one of two things depending on the day, depending on what it looks like. I'm either going to half break the rules and I go straight into work. So into like some critical time sensitive emails and things like that. Or I'm going to like do a run word and stretch depending on what the rest of the day looks like. So if the day is hectic, I'll get straight into work. Um, And then if I've got a little bit more time to do the work later, then I'll get into like a little bit of me time and I'll stretch and slow down before it all starts. And and then somewhere in that, I like prep Scotty's breakfast and kind of get everything up ready to go so that it's like I can be on with her. So you're, because you were breastfeeding for a while. Are you, and you're not anymore? Or you are? I still am. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so she will be 19 months next week and we I have had a very um yeah, very just like organic kind of just roll with however it plays out, no expectations. I knew that I wanted to breastfeed into her second year of life just when she's coming in contact with the most like grubby things and to try and boost her through teething and just that that immunity. Uh, but then obviously I've kind of just tried to listen to her cues along the way. So we only just recently, actually, when we hit about that 17, 18 month mark, we dropped another feed. And so now she's just feeding at bedtime. So it's just in the evening and then the rest of the day, which is crazy because you're just like so committed all day long. Like beforehand it was, I couldn't do meetings. I couldn't do anything in the morning because she would feed first thing in the morning. And so yeah, when we lost that feed, I was like, oh, my God, I'm free. <laughs> and, then, and then it was just lunch and dinner. and uh, Sorry, lunch and, like, bedtime. And then um, we lost the the midday, like, the pre-nap 
feed and uh yeah just as she's kind of gotten a bit older and she's content with her water and her food and things like that so um so yeah I still am nursing her but I definitely have a little bit more flexibility in the in the majority of the day until bedtime and then we kind of wind down together it's it's like it's incredible to see that you're still doing it I lasted five months my little one's only eight months old and she I'm sure like I just for me I was like I just I just couldn't keep, I just, I didn't have the patience for it. It is, it is literally, I would say of all of the parenting things, of all the mothery things, like I knew that I wanted to breastfeed because I'm, I'm a real like kind of health nerd. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I I was, I knew that I want to do that. I had no idea how hard it was going to be. Like I thought, look, I, th- I thought my greatest struggle was going to be supply because that's what everyone talks about. Like, oh, if you try and train or you have any stress or you do anything, it's going to be a supply issue, but it's not, it's just the logistics of it. And like the, you know, the, like it brings so much anxiety in the modern world. You know, I think once upon a time, if you were just like stay at home, mom, that was the only role or like, if that's your role now, you know, then it's a little bit easier. Um, but if you're like doing things and like a modern mom is like often juggling a few of those things, you know, like I put my business hat on, athlete hat on and mom hat on and then trying to navigate the logistics and like the inconsistency. She's like, Hey, I'm teething. Like I want to be on you every three seconds. And then to like, no, it's okay. Like it's, you're interrupted and exhausted and you know, okay, I need to go train. But when I feed her, you know, you get this real kind of like tired slump afterwards. Mm -hmm. So like, I've just fed her, you know, in a competition and I have to go out onto the comp floor. Like that, that stuff was like, it, it, it was so hard. And there were definitely, it was, there were, there were ups and downs. There were times, you know, there's been times that are like so hard. And like in the early days now, looking back, I'm like, yeah, like we potentially like had issues and we just like, we got through them. Like we, we just made it work, but it was so hard and it like brings you to tears and then it gets easier. And now a year and a half later, <laughs> um, <laughs> now towards the tail end, we're in like a really comfortable space where like she doesn't need it. It's a bonus. Um, and it's a really nice thing for us to have together until she decides that like, you know, it's, it's not something that she needs anymore, but it's, I don't think it ever gets easy, like ever. So your <laughs> pregnancy um, pregnancy, delivery, postpartum, that's the most challenging thing for you. That was, or is, was. Yeah. Um, or what would you pregnancy, say? Pregnancy, I I was really, really lucky. I'm super grateful. I, I definitely had a good pregnancy. Like I still had stuff. I was still really tired and, you know, I had, everyone has stuff. It's not easy. You like grow a person and you carry them around. And <laughs> I had so many things going on in my life at the time, like some tricky things and big changes that I, I didn't have a chance to really notice too much of that. I had to just kind of carry on. Um, But I was, yeah, I definitely think like being an athlete helped me in that regard. Um, Just my knowledge and experience in those kind of things and taking care of myself. My labor was wild. It was, um, I had a really open mind, which definitely helped me. I, I sort of said to myself, I don't know how this goes. I've never done it. Uh, no matter whose story I read or what anyone says, this is going to be how like my body goes, how Scotty goes. Like, so I'm just going to ride the wave. Um, And it was insane. So I labored for like three days. Uh, She was stuck. Her chin was in the wrong spot. I had like 
what should have been like the tail end active labor contractions for like two days. Um, and then finally realized I was like, Hey, I don't think this is right. Like I'm slowly dying. Um, (laughs) got to the hospital and, um, yeah, it kind of all went like upside down. I wanted a, I wanted a natural labor, like drug-free labor. After I'd had my waters had been broken for way too long. Um, they were like, look, you're at a high risk of infection. Her heart rate's now going up. You're, she's not moving because her chin's in the wrong spot and we have to manipulate her. If you don't have an epidural, it's going to end up in a cesarean because we're going to have to get her out fast and we need to try and relax your body because it had locked on after yeah. being on for so long. So I did an epidural. It failed. They tried again. It half failed. I had three later and it kind of worked. And then finally after like 56 hours, she comes out and it was good so that was that was hectic I had to have like heavy antibiotics and all this kind of stuff because everything had stretched out so that was not how I imagined but I was able to have a natural labor which I was grateful for as in like I was able to birth her. Um, didn't get to the cesarean I was almost there I was ready to make that call if I needed to for her safety um but I got one of the things that I was hoping for so um, and she came out healthy. So that was, that was good, but that was wild. And then postpartum early day. No, look, I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. It's just hard. It's just hard because you just don't know what to expect. People tell you their story and then there's just so many other things. And I think depending on what your life looks like, it's really different. Like depending on what your relationship is like, or, you know, if you're solo or if you have to go back to work or it's totally different, but I would say my labor was probably the the most difficult and slightly traumatic. Um, and then everything else I've been pretty, I, I've been pretty grateful for. Um, but like, yeah, postpartum is not, I don't, I don't think anyone would ever use the word easy. Joyful, yeah. rewarding, hardest thing you'll ever do. It's that I, so I searched and I was trying to find your um, delivery story. I couldn't find anywhere. I don't know if you've talked about it or you haven't talked about it or if I missed it maybe. No, I didn't actually, I kind of planned on doing like a birth story, like YouTube thing or whatever. And I think honestly, I just got busy and um, it just wasn't like a massive, it just wasn't a massive priority. And I think for me, like everyone was asking and I was just trying to focus on what I needed to focus on. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm in like a really like a, a tricky position, like in socials, you know, like in, in that world too, because um, you just got to be so careful with what you put out. People are like really funny and triggered and, you know, I'm an athlete first and foremost. And then you fall into that role of like having an influence on your community. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think the most important thing and the most, the thing that I really want to just pass on is like, it was hectic. She's here. I'm like, let's just, let's just do mum mode. So I just never really got around to it. Um, but yeah, I probably should. But that's kind of my story. Yeah, it was it was it was wild. I didn't eat for like two and a half days. I was so exhausted by the time I birthed. I'm like, I remember like pushing her out, looking at this bottle of water in front of me, and I was like, I'm so thirsty. I was like, I need water. And then he's like, She's almost here. And then I push her out. I'm like, Get me a drink. And he runs and gets me a drink. And I haven't eaten in like two and a half days. I spill this water and then projectile vomit all over myself, all over my new baby because I'm like so exhausted. I'm like, that was, that was the, the glamour of it. <laughs> I also puked all over like yeah. during labor. I kind of forgot about that actually. 
Yeah, you do. A friend of mine said like, oh, I, like I was throwing up from the pain and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, during, I was okay with that. But yeah, afterwards, I was just so exhausted. My body was like, I have nothing more to give. It's crazy. Like, and you, sh- I don't know if you did, but I remember I was shaking. Like I just couldn't yeah. stop. Like I just, I couldn't just control my anything. And it's like, yep. Eh. so it's, it's yeah. wild. That is, that's crazy. Yeah, it was hectic. It, but it's, it, you're right. Like, it's the most natural thing you'll ever do, but it's still, like, the hardest. And, like, it's so – it should be, like, so instinctual. It's, like, what a woman is kind of, like, designed to do. Absolutely. And somehow still it's, like, you're never, like, never prepared for it. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> – and, you know, you go into it – and I I went into it thinking, okay, whatever happens, happens. I just want a healthy baby. That's it. And exactly. Yeah. it's, like – and women that I meet who, or I know, or, and they, they're a little type A and they're like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to have this and this and that. And I'm like, it doesn't, just so you know, it doesn't work that way. It's whatever the baby wants is what happens. You'll see. Yeah. I made <laughs> it. I made a plan to not have a plan. So I was Same. like, I, I did a, enough, like, honestly, I barely even read a book. Like I just listened to some people's stories. I kind of like, yeah, I guess kind of focused on the things that like I kind of maybe needed to know just to be aware of and be prepared for and like maybe how to breathe and stuff like that. And then I thought, I'm like, surely my body's just going to know what to do if I just trust it and just roll with it. Like that's, I just sort of tried to trust nature and that's what I normally do. And I was like, look, my body has done a lot of things very naturally and instinctually since the day I was born. Um, you know, you learn to walk, like crawl mm-hmm. and then walk and then eat and do all of the things. So I was like, let's just do this. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so you, did you tear, rip? No. You so, did? That's um, amazing. I, oh my, lucky you. I was, I was so lucky. So when they gave me the third time around trying the epidural, it still, I don't know why, but it just wasn't working. So it kind of like half worked. So it gave me enough relief, but it didn't take away the feeling at all. So I could still feel everything. Um, it was kind of like just taking the edge off. Um, but I could still feel, and I just, yeah, remembered that whole like push until you feel that ring of fire or whatever everyone talks about. And so I was able to like gauge that and pull back and to stay in tune with it. So, um, yeah, luckily, luckily that wasn't, wasn't a thing. That's amazing. Good. Congrats to you. Yeah. It's yeah. Cause they, I mean, they tell you to push like everything, right? Like, it's just push. like no wonder, no wonder it's a thing. Cause you're just like pushing to, yeah. Pushing your like, insides out. out, comes out. <laughs> well, I've heard there was, um, this one, a girl who I was very close for a long time. She said, you know, I just pushed and pushed and I saw there was a little piece of poop and she said I was so <laughs> embarrassed and the doctor just swiftly flicked it like it's something he does every single day. And I, she was laughing but mortified and I, I like obviously couldn't help but laugh because it's like the doctors, they see everything. So for them yeah. to see some poop, I mean. Yes, nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely nothing. Yeah, they just... Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, just, yeah, face away. And I was like, so I labored like on all fours. So I was like facing away and she's there like behind me. So I'm like, look, what if I can't see it, I don't know. I'm yeah. just going to pretend it's all good. It's beautiful. And she's just a <laughs> rainbow fighting out down there. <laughs> um, okay, last thing about the preg- or the labor. Did you have a mantra? 
Uh, a mantra, do you say? No, look, I, um, the only thing that I did is, um, it was funny, like when I was pregnant, I bought this bracelet. It was like a birth affirmation bracelet. And uh, it had this little card that came with it. And it said, um, it was something along the lines of like, you know, I was born to do this. My baby was, you know, designed perfectly for me. I've got this, like, you know, this really like just natural type thing. And I literally still have it on to this day. So it's never come off since I was in labor. And I was like, I'll just keep it on to like, remind me, like I've got this, like in, in parenthood. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of had that bracelet. I'll just look at it. And I just kept thinking like, she's made for me. She's in my body. She's my child. Like we're good. We can do this together and, you know, don't, don't overcomplicate it. So that was kind of like the thing I kept coming back to whenever I'd look at it. And do you have one when you compete? I have a lot. I think I, um, I kind of have like a, a range of things that I just draw upon depending on what I need, because I think there's just, there's not one, um, you know, your mood changes, the, the situation you're in changes, you know, so sometimes you need like a really fire up, like, let's go, mm-hmm. you know, and then sometimes you just need to like come down a, come down a level level. So, um, yeah, my hubby bought me these bracelets, these things, and they were like, there were three separate different ones. And there was like one that was like, just breathe. And the other one's like, prove them wrong. And then there's one that's like, you've got this or something. And like, you can kind of, the concept is you can kind of like rotate them. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think the only thing I really consistently come back to is uh, my choice. So I always just think every time I'm in a difficult situation, I've usually made choices or I've made a conscious choice to be there. Um, and no one has forced me to be there. So, um, I just try and control what I can control. When I go into competition, it's like, look, I chose to be here. I chose to come here and compete. I chose to train. I chose to qualify. I chose to be out here doing this tricky workout. So like, let's figure it out. Like problem solve. Yeah. That's a really good, um, it's your choice. Uh, Like, yeah, it's great. It's so, it's funny. Like when my husband and I get into it, I'll be like, babe, it's your, it's your decision. Like it's your decision to feel that way. You Yeah, like we <laughs> we have a choice for everything and like I think sometimes like especially as I know even more so now as a mom, I forget that and I feel like I just kinda have to keep going. And then sometimes I'm like, Hey, like this is really hard or like and there's some stuff you can't control. But then I'm like with parenting, I'm like, Well, I chose to be a mum, so like that just comes with what it comes with, right? Um, you know, and you can go back as far and then you're like, you kind of put it back on yourself and then realize that you have control too. You have power um, over making it better. And I'm like, if something is bad, I'm like, okay, well, I have a choice now too. Like I can say no, you know, I can say no, I can say yes. I can say I want something different. Like there's always an alternative. It's just sometimes hard to like to do it. Well, you know, to and step to make out and realize you're here, this is your choice. Yeah, exactly. Um, how is it with, um, so when you compete and you're such a elite athlete, what is that, like that high? And then like, how do you, I guess, finagle those, um, I don't know if it's emotions, but it's like that intensity, I think is probably what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like some, from being a, this elite competitive athlete to mom and to juggle the. Yeah. Like the change gears really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, practice. 
It definitely uh, doesn't just come naturally. I think, you know, as soon as you become a mum, you you get a little bit better at it. Like obviously like it's a big shock and then you kind of like learn some new skills and you you adapt. Like we as humans, we adapt to everything. We adapt to training. When you first go into training, it's really hard. You're out of breath, you're really sore and then you adapt and you get better and then you're like forever doing that. So um, for me, competing and working out and doing all of those things is something that I've done for a really long time. So that was that's really natural. Um, and look, I don't ever switch off from my daughter. Like, I just don't think you do. I kind of have just accepted the fact that, like, I just don't think you do. Um, And there's times where, like, I've just had to learn what training looks like if she needs to be there, if she needs to be a part of it, like that. And then sometimes I get the luxury of going on training without her and it's like, it's, you know, smooth and easy, but then still you're like, okay, I got to rush back by this time. Mm -hmm. So um, I think acceptance is key. Uh, And then just, just, uh, yeah, just acceptance acceptance of where like your new position is at and then just do your best. I think the, the, the biggest thing for me is um, not expecting things to look like they once did and just being okay for it to like be a little bit different. Um, you know, training is not going to be different, uh, not going to be the same and it, and it can be frustrating because I just want to do this or I need to do that or whatever uh, or I have to stop and there's definitely times of frustration but I think as it's gone along I just realised look, something is better than nothing. It all adds up. It's good for me. It's good for her. And so I just try and like put my everything into that. But, you know, there's still always a portion of me that I've handed over to my daughter. And I just don't think I ever, like, even when I compete, like I'm still thinking of her, you know, when, when I have competed, she's there on the sidelines, you know? So like, I'm always, I'm like, is she okay? Is she hungry? Is she thirsty? Just try, like, try and try and block it off. She's going to live. She's okay. But, um, yeah, I just don't think for as long as for as long as I live, I won't ever not be like mom first. Yeah, so. it's it's wild, right? How like because I remember thinking I'm not going to be that crazy mom, and I don't think I'm that crazy mom, but I do like you know you. It's just this thing that just takes over you. It's crazy. It's totally crazy <laughs> in every aspect. It just yeah, it's just. I mean, a huge part of it is just like it's just instincts. It's, I, I swear like chemically on a chemical level, like when your body knows that you have birthed a child, like you change whether you like it or not. Like it's not a conscious choice. And then there's all of the conscious choices that you make and you care about them and you look, you grow just so fond of them. You love them so much. You know, that you're everything. You think your child is like the greatest human to walk the earth. Um, and so like you, yeah, you kind of like shift into that as well. But I honestly think I'm like, the second I had her, I'm like inside my soul, like that's who I am now. Like it just, whether I like it or not, I have given birth, I've become a mother, you know, my body knows it and my instincts are driven towards that survival of that child and that growth and that love of that child. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like it's, it is also like the hardest thing, but it is the most like rewarding thing. And you learn so much along the way. Um, and I know I myself have, have shifted as a person so, so much, um, because of it. So, but yeah, it's like, you just don't have a, you don't have a choice. It's like, you don't. you're just going to be a mum now. Okay. Like, it's just how it is. And you can do other stuff and you can still be you and, but it, you kind of got to work a little bit harder to like maintain your identity and keep you and find you and, you know, like evolve as you outside of that, that mum role. 
And I think that's a real art and it takes a lot of like conscious practice to, to stay in tune with that. Mm-hmm. And I've like, I've definitely lost that along the way and had to like, you know, refocus and find new tools to like reestablish that. And yeah, I'll probably do that for a long time. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's crazy because Adi and I were actually talking about how she found her independence to be like that wife, that female, but st- you know, be a mom. And, and it's really, it's hard to, and I, it's, it's such a wild thing. It makes you realize how different men and women are because yes, they can understand and yes, they can, but they just don't get it. Like they just, how could they, they didn't push a baby out of their vagina. Like there's just no way for them to truly understand. But anyhow, she was saying, and it was so cute. And I was like, I'm definitely stealing that idea, which is that she, they rented a hotel room just for a day. So they go be intimate and then, you know, be adults and then go back or, you know, pick up a baby or whatever. And it's like, it's like, duh, it's genius because it's so hard when you're at home, the toys, the, all the mom baby things are there like to separate wife, female, like each role, because it's, it's really hard to find your independence. Yeah. I think we, um, we definitely like have had a lot of conversations, Matt and I about like, look, this is how it is. This is what it is. We, we made like, we had a really like good conversation. We're like, look, we don't want to get lost in this. Like we're parents. We've got to do parent things, but we, at the end of the day, you know, he said something really amazing to me because we always talk about how we're like best friends. And then, um, and then I was like, Oh, Scotty's my little best friend. He's like, what about me? And I was was like, I was like, trust me. I'm like, you're going to love her more than me. She's your little girl, blah, blah. And he goes at the end of the day, He's like, she's going to go off and she's going to find her soulmate and she's going to like live this life and it's going to be me and you. He's like, it's going to be me and you as adults and she's going to do it. We're going to raise her. She's going to live this amazing life and she's going to come back to us when she needs. But it's me and you forever, like till the end. And so, you know, like we have to work on that and preserve that. And that, that comes down to like our own individual identity and then our identity together. And you know, like I, I, he's good. Like you almost made me cry. That's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) It's like those words, like just stuck with me. And I'm like, you're right. Like, he's like, you, you know, you'll always be my best friend. Like we have to work on this, you know, we're going to be old together. Um, and so, yeah, like he's good. Like he's just, the dude's just like adapt and come. They're good. And I'm like all emotional and up and down. And I'm like, I've lost myself. I gotta find myself. And then we go, like, I have to do all of the things, read the books, listen to the podcast, you know, do all the things that like reground me, um, and, and work on me so that that was like good for us. And I found like, we, we needed to find, like have conversations, like, what do you need? Like, what makes you feel really good? What makes me feel really good individually? Um, so it makes me feel like Cara and like do my stuff. Um, then how do we piece that together? So then we're good together because then for one, we're going to set a much better example for our child of what, like he always says to me, like, we want to show her what like a good relationship and what love looks like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and all of those things and what it looks like to like care and love for yourself. Um, and, but yeah, it's, you have to change. We're like, look, it's not as, you can't be as spontaneous in every aspect of life. Like you just have to accept where it's at and then find new ways to make it good and not, not mourn what it used to be like too much, you know, and just go exactly. like, okay, well, this is like a new challenge. How do we make this fun? Like, what do we do now? 
Um, and I think the more conversations we have about that and the more we try like just little things in life to like take whatever little moment it is to, to be ourselves and, and to be a couple, like it pays dividends. Like it really does. It is. It's, um, it's a whole new world. Like no matter how solid you thought your relationship was, it totally just makes you have to be even more secure with what's happening. Yeah, 100%. Like it takes so much communication, which again is hard because like you said, and I realize more than ever now is like men and women are different. Like we are so different. And like we we go through this like whole, whole hormonal and like just overall shift in our being. And then like you think about the chemistry of a male, like a male can go and like get anyone pregnant every day of the week. And it's like not a big, <laughs> it's not any more work for them. You know, like that's their, that's nature. Like they're that's driven their job. to do that. That's their job. Their job in nature was like make babies. And, you know, we can only do it so many times and, and it's a big, it's a big task for us. It's not a one and done. It's like, you know, 10 months and then raise them and all that. So yeah, like, trying to figure out like that communication and what each individual person needs is that takes some work because it's like, Hey, I'm talking as a chick and I have all these like needs and blah, blah, blah. And he's as a dude. And we're trying to find like where that meets in the middle. Um, but yeah, we just come back to the, like, all right, we are, we're in this for the long haul mm-hmm. so we can like struggle or we can like find ways to like compromise and work with each other so that it's good for the long haul. Exactly. Um, it's and- always same. Like we always go back to we're on the same team. Like we're, partners we yeah. should be just this should be easier helping each other that it just that's it 100 <laughs> percent. we say we say the exact same thing i'm like if you know having a disagreement or whatever i'm like wait a minute like remember we're on the same team like i'm not out to do anything to like get you and i'm like i want you to be good i want me to be good i want us to be good like let's how does that happen <laughs> yeah it's that simple um with okay so Obviously, it's probably different having a, I'm, I mean, having a little boy versus having a little girl, I'm sure it's slightly different for mom versus dad. For having a little girl, for me, and I'm wondering for you also, do you find yourself thinking, and by the way, this makes me think of the video you just posted of you doing the handstand pushups and her cheering you on. It is the cutest thing in the entire world. Um... <laughs> Everything you do, you're setting an example. So are you like, like, I even think this is crazy. I think, should I be changing what I wear a little bit? Like I'm getting, I mean, I'm not old. I'm, you know, I just turned 31, but I'm thinking, are we supposed to change what we wear? Like, how does it, like, it's in it. I I know it's, um, I've actually been thinking about it a lot lately because I always imagined me having boys. I was like, I think just cause I'm in like a tomboy type sport, you know, like doing that kind of stuff. And I thought, oh, I'm probably just gonna have all boys. And then, um, we found out we we're having a girl and I was by no means disappointed. I was kind of just like, oh, I imagined having boys. And then when, I think when you have whatever you have, you couldn't imagine it being any other way. Like we have a daughter and I'm like, I don't even, I think about it sometimes, I'm like, what would I do with a boy right now? Like, do I get him in the kitchen with me? And like, cause I'm like, I'm kind of old school, right? Like I'm, I've grown up with a very, I grew up in a female household, um, like with just my mom and myself and then um, my little sister later on. And um, so everything was very female there was a lot of female roles, I guess. Like we cooked and we watched like Gilmore Girls and, you know, like that was what we did. Um, 
And so I'm kind of like sometimes stuck in that mindset and I, I show her and I really do feel like the example for her and everything I do. And then I'm like, oh, I wonder it would be like, like if we had a son, you know, would it then hand over to Maddie? Like, hey, you you take him more. Like, is this a different structure? Um, you know, we have like really different things to offer. Obviously, they learn to be like a boy or a girl or whatever. Um but yeah, like I always think about like, oh, what, yeah, what example am I setting? Like, how do I, I think about it a lot more in like how, like my body language and how I speak and how I respond. And if I get frustrated by things, like if I go, oh, like she copies me, she's just like a little parrot. She copies everything. And I think, whoa, I don't want to respond like that because I don't want her to respond like that. I don't want her to feel frustrated at things. I'd rather her go, oh, that didn't work. How do I fix it? Um, so you look yourself in the mirror really hard um, with with those kind of things. But, like, yeah, and I think, like, Matt and I play really different roles. Like, obviously, I'm the example as a as a woman um, and I'm trying to show her. For me, I I love who I am and I love what I do and I believe in, like, I, I want to show her how to work hard and still be you but also, um, you know, how to still slow down and be a parent and be a woman and do all those kind of things and try and find balance between those things. I'm forever trying to show her balance. Um, like I feel bad if I'm on my computer too much. I'm like, she's looking at her mum, you know, on the computer. And then I'm like, well, she needs to see that work is normal too. Yeah. Um, and that sometimes you need to play by yourself or do whatever. And I work. Um, but yeah, you're forever just like, Oh my gosh. And then for, for Matt, you know, He's, he says to me, like, he's trying to show her what, how, how a man should treat her, you know? Yeah. Like, if that's, the, if that's the path she goes down, like, no pressure, you do you, like, whatever happens. But if she's in that situation and she's, like, looking for love or whatever, it's to show how she should be treated um, and, and what is a normal, good, healthy, like, interaction and mm -hmm. love and care and what she deserves. So there's an incredible amount of pressure behind that. <laughs> It is, you know, and it's such a, it, like, I think about it and I talk about it with my friends and my husband and stuff. And it's like, you don't want your kid to face any, um, you don't want them to go through hardships. You don't, you want it to be a smooth, easy, but, but you think about it. Some of my favorite people, I'm sure some of your favorite people, me, you have been through tough shit, like hard stuff in life. And that's what creates character. So it's like, how do you create this human that's a good human with character and that's not just, you know, vanilla and without them going through these crappy moments and tough, tough things. A hundred percent. Yeah. We, we had that conversation. I'm like, we had humble beginnings, I guess. We've had our each, our different kind of hard um, in how we were raised and, and the things that have happened to us. Some, you know, like on my side, quite traumatic and, but we're both super grateful because we don't want for much. We didn't, we, we, by going through those things, we appreciate the small things. Like both of us really, really appreciate small things. We don't, we don't want or need much. And so we're really grateful for the, for the, you know, having that experience because we like who we are now and we, we're pretty resilient and we cope in life. Um, and we're like, we always have this conversation. We're like, look, we're in a much better position than like our families were. We're like, how do we give her those hard lessons? And instill that resiliency without trauma, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so we're forever like, okay, you know, it comes down to like not giving her those things all the time, like communicating, like, you know, having her work for things and you kind of have to like fake it because, yeah, you don't want them to struggle. But I'm like, well, you need 
you need things to be hard because you know you need to learn how to work for things in life and then it's not going to do her any favors by handing her anything because she's just going to get stressed and anxious in life when things aren't handed to her you know and Mm -hmm. I don't want her to struggle I don't want her to crumble so yeah we're trying to find the find ways to yeah fake fake some struggle make her work hard for things (laughs) you know do the do the chores if you want something you know you've got to work for it and tell her no even though we could say yes right well I'm sure her seeing you and you know you you're such a figure like you're a strong woman and I think that having that as like she might and maybe later she'll realize like who you are and you know all the things that you've accomplished and that you know you have so many you're a role model to many so it's like she I'm sure at some you know when she's little and into I don't know teens will not realize and really be grateful that you know she get to work out from you or she gets to work out with you and learn from you and watch you do things and stuff like this that you know obviously people would pay to do or you know ogle over and you know this kind of stuff um so I think that it's really um it's good to always include them and you know exactly what you're doing it's like it just it just really reinforces that they're they're an extension of you and everything you do she'll do yeah and I think if you're doing what you love and you truly like value and like what you do which I do I love being an athlete I think what I do is great and it makes me really happy. I think that's the best thing that she can see. And that's going to obviously look different for everyone. Like, you know, you could just genuinely, you could be like a, you know, marketing executive and love what you do and go to work and have And I think as long as they see that, that's the best thing for them is just to see, you know, that you could do what you love and you can work hard at it. And that's the best example. But yeah, I'm hoping that she gets, she's starting to show signs of it now, you know, like at one and a half, she's starting to show signs of understanding what I'm doing and I can communicate it with her. And it's all very shared now. I have my turn. She has her turn. She wants to be involved in everything that I do. Um, so yeah, now is the time to set the best example because she is a sponge. She is soaking up absolutely everything and things that I just don't even realize when I'm not paying attention that she still is. Yep. So yeah. And I like, I obviously love outside of being a professional athlete. I still think working really hard with some kind of physical activity is very good for everyone, whatever that is, you know, whatever you choose. And I think that children should definitely be witness to that so that it feels like a normal part of their life. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's something that they can incorporate forever and ever like a normal thing. And um, so that's, yeah, I guess that's why I kind of get her involved in that too. And also I don't have a choice. Like I want to be, <laughs> I want to be a, I want to, I made the choice of wanting to be a certain parent in that I want to work, but I want to be like kind of stay at home mumish. you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of trying to blend the two. And so with that choice means that she's in there with me. If I want to do it, then we have to do it together. Yeah. I mean, and I think that it, as they get bigger and they learn and realize, like, I feel like you're, you're at the, just the, just the very beginning of experiencing how much fun it will be because it will be, if she truly is your best little friend and it will be a great time and it will be so much fun to do workouts together and, you know, teach her how to do all those things that either you can teach her or I don't know, the PE teacher can teach her at school or, you know, and it, I'm sure that it's so cool 
eventually when, you know, she goes to gym class or whatever, and she's, the, you know, doing all these fun, crazy things and everyone's like, oh my God, how can you do that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's super cool. Like, I think I think what we do is cool. Like, Nat works out too. Like, we're doing it all the time. And yeah, I think there's definitely like worse things to be doing. So no, she's having amazing. a great time. Plus, she's a little little kid. They need to be active. So she's like, oh, well, if you're going to take me to, to play and jump and climb and stuff every day, then yeah, I'm keen. <laughs> Um, with your, um, how do you juggle or finagle social media because you have a huge following with like, I don't want to say is there pressure, but I do see pressure, like not only with you or not with you specifically, but in general, there's like, especially recently, there's like kind of social media bullying with certain stuff going on, but pressure with, like, for example, I saw someone make a comment in one of your photos where she was barefoot and the woman was said something stupid like, why is your kid always barefoot, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, if you knew anything about mechanics, you would know that actually they shouldn't be wearing shoes or if they do, it should just be a thin leather. Like they shouldn't be wearing, like, and I saw that and I was like, okay, this lady obviously doesn't know anything, but there's clearly trolls everywhere and you took the time to actually respond to her which good on you um so how do you yeah there's um there is pressure whether you like it or not um I recently have just been trying to like look at it a little bit differently and um I've been trying to understand people's, my own and other people's triggers and the concept of triggers and where they come from so that I can be a little bit more compassionate about why people say and do things. There is definitely, when you have a lot of people follow you, people feel the need, like they, they sort of think they can tell you, like you have an obligation to set an example and to have an opinion on X, Y, and Z. And you know, I sort of always come back and sort of direct people to the fact that I'm like, I'm a professional athlete. If you're looking to me for advice or because you think my opinion should hold up somewhere really, really importantly, then you're, you've gone to the wrong place. Like I'm not claiming to be anything else other than an athlete. And I share snippets of my personal life and of my professional life and things like that. Um, on occasion, I'll like, I have a lot of opinions that I don't share, um, for the, for the pure reason that I don't, I don't feel like I need to. It's not like the space for it. I primarily share my fitness journey and what that looks like in my family and in my work and all of those kind of things. But yeah, people, I think when it comes, there's a lot of like now being a mum. there's a lot of mum judgment. Everyone will talk about it. I truly think it comes from a good place, even when people are nasty, in that mum's want to do a good job they want to be a good mum and it's really really hard and we always feel guilty we always feel like we're falling short in something like there's just as a mum you just always feel like that and so I think in the mum world people can become triggered because they'll see you're doing something and value that and maybe I can't maybe I've struggled maybe whatever and they get triggered and then it becomes an issue so I try and think of it as not necessarily relating back to me as much as I can unless of course I've said something that's out of line or maybe I've twisted my words or whatever and look that's happened over time as well where I've just like miscommunicated something or whatever um but I keep a lot of stuff 
to myself. I have a lot of like opinions and values and stuff like that. And I just, I've just chosen to keep it away because it just opens it up to, um, yeah, it just opens it up to that for, for trolls because anyone can see it. Anyone can see it. Anyone can come in. Anyone can judge. They can do whatever, tell you this is wrong, that's wrong. And it just comes from their own set of beliefs or what they're doing or what they're capable of doing right now. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a constant struggle because I didn't set out to be an influencer. You know, I was just Cara, normal person, <laughs> became a good athlete. People decided to follow along. Then in there I had a kid and then I started a business and did all this stuff and people followed. And so they kind of like got invested in it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I mean, everyone can see it. Um, so I just try and keep it more about like, the real vibes, what's going on, whatever feels good. And, um, but there's definitely, I don't think that that pressure sort of ever goes away. Um, because yeah, you get it. I've been pretty good though, to be honest, like people don't attack me a lot. Um, I'm pretty straight up. But you read all the comments and stuff. Pardon? You read all the comments you read. I'll sometimes read, like, depending on what it is, I'll have a look at a handful and sort of scroll through and see some and get the sort of general idea. Usually it'll be somebody else that I know that will see something and will be like, hey, did you see this person did this or whatever? Um, or, yeah, you'll get a random DM or something, like, that's, you know, low. But it's pretty it's pretty rare. Um, but, yeah, I honestly just think people just get triggered about stuff. It's a real thing. And social media is, like, always in your face. And it's, like, snapshots of people's lives. And then they feel really sensitive about it. Like, I get triggered. I get triggered by stuff. There's, like, some people's, you know, things I get triggered. I'm not the person that takes action on it. I don't comment on people's things, negative things. Like, I'll feel it internally. That's where I think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's blatantly wrong. It's bullying and it's nasty. Um, but I'll I'll always, if I'm triggered by something, and I've had conversations with Matt where I'm, like, man, this person's triggering me hard. Um, this is why. And then he'll be like, yeah, this person triggers me. And we're like, talk about it. I'm like, sweet, I'm going to remove myself from it until I can sort my shit out. Um, but it's like, it's hitting something within me. Um, and it's usually on me. But yeah, I love and hate social media. There's a lot of really like awesome people that follow along and they truly value the stuff that I share and talk about and, and create a sense of like not feeling alone. Um, you know, like you say, Hey, I'm doing this or feeling this, or I'm trying to kick goals here or whatever. And they can either feel a sense of like motivation or inspiration from someone else making it happen or, um, yeah. Or like, you know, showing that something is normal or whatever and real. And so for that, it's worth it. I think like if a couple of people feel like it helps them, there's, there's pages that I follow that inspire me and educate me and make me feel boosted up and motivated to do stuff. And so like, if I am the person for someone else, then cool. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's worth it for that. But, yeah, it's play shit a lot. It's a lot of time too, like, you know. And then when you have a kid, you go from, like, I was an athlete, just, you know, like this badass athlete, and then it's like, hey, I'm a mum now. Like, that's just how it goes. Like, you can unfollow me or whatever, and that happens. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I'm not going to change it. It's not a bad thing. I'm doing both. I'm doing both now. And, um yeah, so you just, yeah, I can't control other people. That's that's pretty much the end of it. I just try to, I can't control other people. It'll frustrate me once in a blue moon, and then the rest of it, I'm just like, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of energy, I think, sometimes. 
It totally can be, yeah. It can be way, way too much energy and you can get really hung up on it because as an athlete, especially, like it becomes a part of your business. Like I make money, I pay my bills, I feed my family from being an athlete and from stuff I do. So like it still has to have a, it still has a heavy weight in our life. Um, And I think, yeah, people forget that and don't understand that. So I try and, well, I don't try, I am really genuine in how I do that. Mm. Um, And yeah, try and just make the most and make it a positive thing. And then I can look myself in the mirror at the end of the day. So at the end, that's all that matters. If I can, what other people do and say, like, that's on them. Well, and you're really good at, I mean, because I, I mean, I think that you're right. Where you, when you say people gen, like, <clears throat> are generally good, like, they're coming from a good place. But honestly, I don't know. Because it's a wild, <laughs> it's a wild world, and I don't always see, like, I don't know. Sometimes people are just nasty. Yeah, I think there are some people who are like just they literally go looking for trouble. Yeah, um, and that that I can't control. But I do. It just it helps me to deal with it to try and find compassion in why people might be like that. So I think I go all the way back to like I visualize some say some mum. Like another mom has like targeted me. They've, you know, say you shouldn't do that or whatever or blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, and they've, they've been triggered. I try and just picture them like, hey, maybe they haven't had a moment for themselves. Maybe they're really struggling. Maybe something I've talked about is something sensitive and, you know, they haven't eaten properly in two weeks and they're tired or whatever. And they're just trying, like, I try and visualize that because that makes me feel better to otherwise I just lose faith in human race yeah uh, and like in humanity like I just and there have been times of that where I've like said to Matt like I can't see the good in anyone anymore because it's everywhere like people are constantly in my face and I'm just trying to like do good I'm trying to live good days and and there are moments of that I'm in a little bit of a better phase of it now where I'm like I can't drown in other people's toxicity now it it just I can't yeah and so they're not going to change so I just need to find a better way to like I need to gain better perspective of it and a better way to deal with it because otherwise I'm going to be the person that suffers from other people's stuff. Well, when you – I I would I don't know, but when you were pregnant, that was probably the worst because you're yes. working out and people don't understand your capacity. Like, you know you're creating a human. You're not going to do something to try to, like, hurt that human. It's very, uh. very simple. <laughs> yeah still to this day I'm like you know I won't I'm not trying to do anything that's going to kill my kid like I I love her I'm like I want her to be good um it's wild know, though yeah, how when, people just oh they again triggering I, I truly think that's what it comes down to but yeah pregnancy was definitely the worst in that regard because it was like you shouldn't be doing that blah 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 you're gonna kill your baby they're gonna come out like this and that like some really really nasty stuff um and I'm like, they, again, they see like 1%. I'm like, you don't see the days where I've gone in to do exercise, but I've coached the morning classes and I've rolled out a, you know, a thing on the floor and I've fallen asleep for two hours in the office on the floor <laughs> instead. Like, you don't see that. Or, you know, like all the times where I haven't done things and I've just been like tired and pregnant or when I've stopped and, um, 
and again how different that looks and then and then I'm like guys like I'm a professional athlete so like what you see me maybe doing is still 50% of what I normally do you know and it would be a really great shock to my system to to do anything different I mean it'd be worse if you stopped or I'm sure it'd be worse for yeah even like I've heard doctors say like if someone smokes like it can because their body knows that if you like cut straight away like even that can be detrimental so and that's not healthy um so yeah to I I I loved how I did it and I was super I had no expectations of myself I hand on my heart never was like I need to keep strength I need to stay fit I need to do this like I just wanted to feel good I enjoyed, I wanted to like, I was like, I want to enjoy being pregnant. I've been an athlete. I've been working hard for a really long time. So it was a good time for me to actually have a break. Um, and I was like, I just want a healthy baby. I just want a really healthy baby. I don't want to have aches and pains all day and then get stressed and struggle because that's going to go through to the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all I ever looked at. And to the point where at the end of my pregnancy, I walked into the gym one day and at that point I was just doing like accessory work. I was like sitting on the floor with some dumbbells and, you know, like some little deadlifts with dumbbells or kettlebells, so slow. And um, I walked in, I did like three Romanian deadlifts with a kettlebell and I put them down. I looked at Matt and I was like, I'm done. I was like, this isn't serving me anymore. It feels like it's not giving back. I feel like it's, I don't, it's hurting me. I'm exhausted. And then my baby came a week later. So like that, that in itself was like, my body went, Hey, it's time. I listened, (laughs) I stopped, I did a couple of walks and I was ready to go. So yeah, I, I, I love how I did it. So, but yeah, definitely people are like, I can't believe you're doing that. I can't believe you're doing that. Like, Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I mean, yeah, it's, but I think the other part of that is, and I think that it's so important for women and men to know that our bodies are incredible. So yeah. it's, oh, whatever you were doing, you don't just stop. And I don't no. think that people really understand if they weren't into like, even to just like be a, you know, like a very regular gym goer, let alone a professional mm-hmm. athlete to, you wouldn't just stop going to the gym. So why would you stop? Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is too, like when people were criticizing me on exercising or doing whatever, I'm like, I would look at some other people and go like, I can't believe you're eating like that or putting that into your body when you're growing a human. But I'm not allowed to say that, you know, that's like, I, I can't, that's, that's, I'm, I'm attacking somebody now. Like you can't say that. Whereas in my mind, I'm like, there is no way I would put that shit into my body right now and have that be what my baby is like used to. I'm like, I don't want her growing on cake. Like I'm going to put the right fuel into my body to like grow a healthy baby. But like, if I said it, if it was the reverse, oh, like, I don't you know. get it. If I, I feel like this is something that I'm always like, I feel like my husband at this point is like, babe, I know I am like that, but I don't understand because, and I, there are so many women who, oh, this is my time to just get fat and do nothing and eat. And I'm like, no, this is when you should be taking care of your body the most. Like this, this is when is you should. total opposite. Yep. They, they say like how you, how you eat and how you 
how you are now put aside obviously any illness or like anything that anyone has like any complications that kind of like set you back whatever but you know like that that year or that 10 months or whatever that they're growing and then the year after like the most precious like sets them up for like how their biology is like how they interact how their metabolism is long term like how just how they function and for me I was like this is like this is go time like I'm gonna grow this girl once and I can stuff that up and I was like and then you know, on the flip side of that, I'm like that, like for that, I was like, she is more important than I am from that minute that like she was made, mm-hmm. like she is now more important than I am. So no matter how I feel, what I crave, what I want, whatever, it's bullshit because I know better and I know what's good for her. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, pregnancy is hard. You sit around and do nothing and you eat like shit and it only makes it harder. You become sore tight you feel gross your digestion is already struggling like or whatever or you've got reflux or like I had terrible reflux from day one to literally until she was born the second she came out no reflux but for my entire 10 months my throat just burnt my eyes would water it hurt so bad and I'm like if I eat crappy food, it'd be even worse. Whatever, I just feel worse. Yeah, I'm like, why struggle? Why struggle anymore? Like it's already hard, you know. Like I've already got this big thing in front of me, and you know, I'm kind of tired or whatever. So, like for her and me, like it's the most important time to take care of yourself. And but I think that comes from obviously bigger issues. That comes from like a lot of restriction and a lot of stress leading into pregnancy. Mm. The, the fact that a lot of women feel like they need to like, oh my God, I need to, you know, like, so I just felt like I could take the pressure off my life and, you know, not be a competitive athlete, but it was still really important to, to like nourish myself and care for myself and care for her. Um, but yeah, I think that just probably needs to be a little bit more information and a little bit more encouragement to kind of like push to, to change that. Cause yeah, back in the day it was like sweet and get fat. No one notice I do whatever. It's like, it's not about weight. It's not about that. It's about like, it's about quality and like what's happening in your body and their body. And um, yeah, I think we just need to like shift that a little bit more and not make it be about like size or numbers and things, but more about health. And you make it like, I really wonder how you can make it about being healthy because anytime that I, like for me, when I was speaking with, I don't know, whoever, or people would ask me about it because I was doing like, there was there was something that was released in self magazine and they wanted to do like a little thing on me so i was like okay and so anyhow they were like well do you give us like a trick or whatever and i was eight months pregnant and i did hand sample ups and i didn't have a problem like no problem i just i did like 10 of them and i sent them the little clip and they did whatever and i remember um people being like well this is for vanity and i'm like no like i I gained like 35 pounds. I'm not very big. So 35 pounds for me is a lot. And it, it has nothing to do with vanity. Like I I can still move and do and everything's the same. I just happen to have this human in me. Like yeah. if you take care of yourself, it shouldn't be any dip. Like it's not about vanity. It's not about weight. It's not, it's just, just take care of your body and the human you're growing. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it's just, yeah. And it's just shifting that, that mindset of what we know, but um, yeah, you're totally right. I a hundred percent agree. It's, it's not about that. It's just do what, 
do what you do, what feels good, what feels right. Like, and, and again, that's different for everyone. Yeah. And I hope like, that, yeah. I wish, I wish there was a way to shift it. So it's not because when you say, Oh, it's for health, people automatically assume vanity and it's like, no, yeah. How, like, so anyhow, something to, uh, figure out. <laughs> I, I think there's just so many things out there that, that are conditioning people to think that they are less. So there's like a constant element of, you know, and take social media, constant, constant element of comparison and of feeling less and self-judgment and then judging externally mm -hmm. that it then just filters into every aspect. And when you do something that is the greatest shift to your body, it's, it's easy to fall into that trap and to think that it's about that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where things need to change a little bit. And, and, you know, even at the moment, there's like a massive movement in, you know, like, um, like plus size categories and, and that inclusion and what that looks like. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what size you are. I don't care. But like, are you healthy? Like, do you take care of yourself? You know, like forget if you're pregnant and you, you know, gain, I don't know, 50 pounds or 15 pounds or like whatever, like who cares? Forget it. But like, are you good? Like, are you good? Is baby good? Like, or outside of pregnancy, like whatever, like, are you good? Like stop focusing on the aesthetics, like what that looks like, what that should look like. And just focus on like those markers of, of health. Well, and I, that's actually something that I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to ask you about and I wasn't sure because obviously you're in Australia and I'm in New York and things are slightly different where there's a lot of um, the body image inclusion here. And I get that self-acceptance is a thing, but health is a thing. And so there's so much, um, and I'm not, I mean, whatever people do, you do what works for you, but I just, I really can't get behind the, we'll just accept you, accept, accept the, you know, this overweight, whatever. And it's like, that's not healthy. That's not good for you. It's not good for your, for your baby, for pregnancy. Try after pregnancy, when you're trying to chase around this little munchkin or your body's ripped in half, like, tr like see how good that feels when you're carrying all this extra weight. that's completely unnecessary. Like nothing yeah. about it's healthy. So it really, like, I don't, I wish, and I wish I could understand the logistics behind this marketing of plus size, whatever. And that's fine. But the health component of it, why isn't anyone talking about that? I think it's too, it's people, a lot of people like through socials and, and through marketing, they're going for like the easy way. So we've been so far on one side, we created this, like, think back to, I think back to when I was a teenager, you know, like the ideal woman, like remember all the modeling shots are like collarbones out, like super skinny, like this, the more you can make yourself look skinny in a photo, the better. Right. So we went from so far one side and now, you know, it's created this really negative space. And so then what we've done is shifted so far to the other side and then people within social media have felt this pressure and this obligation to show acceptance, which, look, acceptance is good. And I think that my, where I come from is that I don't think anyone of any size should ever feel um, shame, judgment, hate, any of those things. No one should ever be made like if you are little big, medium, tall, short, don't care what colour, anything. No one should ever feel less than anybody else or wrong, right, whatever. Um, and I would never put that on anyone. But 
then I always, as a massive health advocate, I come back to what does that health, like how does that look not in the way of size but as a picture of like what you're eating mm-hmm. and how your hormones are and all of those kind of things I find so important. And I, I feel this like sense of like I just need to help people understand like that they need to focus on themselves and to make these changes and to tr- to try and focus on that rather than anything else. Um, I don't think just getting plus size models in your campaign of your active wear is the answer. You know, right. it's a it's a start in showing that hey, there's no there's no judgment here. This is for everyone, and we're showing inclusion. But then we need to have a look at like okay, this is this is for health. You know, this is for health. So like if you're and and that goes for lots of different sizes. Like you can be unhealthy at any size, um, but we do know that at a at a particular point, like when we are carrying that much excess, excess weight, there are massive health issues with that, and it can be like what's the chicken and what's the egg. You know what I mean? Like there right. can be something underlying that can create that that um, extra weight, it can add that extra weight, or it can be the other way around. But um, yeah, still, or I think there needs to just be more focus, like strip back down and see the good intentions. Like people need good intentions of, you know, like we are focusing on health. Like how do we make people like humanity and how do we make women like feel and be healthy and function well, Mm -hmm. you know, not have massive hormonal struggles with everything, you know, have bad periods, infertility, like all these crazy things, um, you know, holding excess weight because of whatever Mm -hmm. um, and focusing more on recalibrating and finding that balance within ourselves. And yeah, I think unfortunately marketing and social media, they just grab a hold of something and it's always just damage control. And often it's not even with good intentions. And it's the people like, myself right now I have great intentions like I want people to genuinely feel good and I feel distressed when people don't like I want them to feel good um but then the people that are in the public eye that have you know a million or two million followers that are doing that they're not doing it with good intentions they're doing it as damage control so that they look like they're accepting right but really it comes back to more of like how are they benefiting from it right um and the people who don't care about benefiting from it like if I were to talk about this stuff just openly and put something up on social media attacked you know, yeah. you just get fully attacked. I'm like, no, man, I don't come from there. Like, I, I come from the good place, but people don't want to see it. It's easier to go, I can be me and I'm good, I'm accepted, I don't need to change. I don't need to do all the hard work to, to you know, be healthy because it's hard work. It's hard work in yeah. this modern world. Um, you know, like our food is full of crap. There's crap everywhere. You know, our cosmetics, our everything, um, you know, and it's easy, it's very easy to be unhealthy. Like it is, we've created this world that it's really easy to be unhealthy and it's hard to look for those. Um, it's a lot more work. Healthy. It's time consuming. It's, it's more work. energy to do healthy options. Yeah. And it's it's easier, like say when you're pregnant, like, yeah, it's easy to just fall into like I'm tired or whatever and I'll go for these options. It's hard work to look at the opposite way. Mm-hmm. But with hard work, you do reap the rewards. Like you live great days, you benefit personally. And, you know, I, I just hope that people take a moment to try and find that because you can feel so empowered by having control of your own health and making those better choices. And I think that's where the focus needs to be. I don't know how to do that though. I don't know where to start. Same. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I don't. 
<laughs> I don't know. So I'm like, look, I'm just going to stay out of it. I'm going <laughs> to do my good stuff on a small scale with people around me in my local space and focus on me and my child and people around and anyone who wants to know, wants to ask me for help, I'll be there. But otherwise, it's just a, I'm, I guess I don't have enough time and energy to, to, and it's scary. It's scary too to try and put that message out there because you'll get you'll get pushed down a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of amazing people, a lot of amazing women who stand up and speak for that and try and focus on that. And they get attacked all the time. And I'm like, oh, I just don't know if I have that in me to take that right now. Maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's a, it's because people don't, I mean, it might be a misinterpretation. It might be the way that it's projected. I mean, but it's, you're absolutely right with it. It's, it's tough. It's hard. It's a lot of shove back. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I've done it all on my own personal journey. Like I'm human too, you know, like, and there's a lot of stuff that I have to work on all the time to live healthier days and have gone through different phases of things and have had to work on it. And it's not easy, but I know how important it is. And, um, I know how good it can feel. And I think, yeah, just, I hope that people can find that a little bit more and, Again, just, yeah, it just comes back to the people have to be ready and they have to sort of be open to change and be open to accepting that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, social media and marketing is just always, it's a quick look, look, it's all about looking good, looking like it's the right message, right, whether it is or not. Yeah, no, shiny things, that's it. Yeah. Um, so then you have, and I don't know, and you could give a little more detail on your ultra human. What's up with that? Yeah, so I um, I started working with them. I, they reached out to me quite a while back, actually, and um, they've put a platform together that has a whole heap of different kinds of training programs with different people from different fields. So you can do yoga, uh, meditation, you can do running programs, you can do whatever. Um, my specific field within that is that I put something together that was for entry-level people not sort of targeted, but not specifically limited to women who maybe have kids, who maybe starting out, looking to enter and make training with minimal knowledge, minimal time, um, make it achievable and make it um, consistent. So, yeah, that's pretty much what that is for me. So it's super basic, a few days a week. There's a few extra little tips and tricks in there and some recovery days. You can take, you know, take what you want and leave it. And and I started, I guide the entire program. So I'm there like doing the workout with them and talking through it and, and yeah, just feeling like they have a little bit of me in there, yeah. you know, in the nice. room with them. Um, yeah, for anyone that's struggling and um, which is something like I honestly didn't think I would, do um because I see again on social media a lot of people who um you know they just put some random stuff together and you know I don't know put some tight pants on and be like get a booty like me and I'm like hey man just live good days like I'm just trying to show you like how to make exercise normal it's super basic it's definitely not as sexy but um but yeah that's that's sort of like um that's me I guess so yeah I'm super excited about it um, how long are, are the workouts or different variations or how, like generally how long? Yeah, they're different each day. You could look at 
about 30 minutes you could be on for like not necessarily always working for 30 minutes some are longer some are shorter some have rest some don't have rest it's like an eight-week program and it kind of builds up along the way but I've tried to keep everything super simple so that um, people can work to their own pace so thinking more of like AMRAPs or a, um, a certain amount in a particular time frame rather than having set a set amount of work so that yeah if you you know if one person can only do three knee push-ups in the minute then that's what they can do and that's okay mm -hmm. and then somebody can do 23 then that's what they can do and that's good too yeah um so that there's no I definitely I didn't want anyone to ever feel any sense of pressure it's like hey you can work hard uh, but I want you to work at your hard uh, and I want you to have a little bit of like more empowerment of showing up and and doing and trying rather than feeling pressure to achieve something in particular um it's more about the act of being there and learning to move along the way and and taking that time so um yeah so it changes a little bit each day but that's sort of the basic structure of it to create a habit for them yeah and then there's a couple of days in there where there's like an option to go and do something like get a friend and and go for a run and you can do some like 200 meters on 200 that's meters nice. off like just really relax you know yeah. like you can take it or leave it depending on where you are and what you've got and what makes you feel good that week um <laughs> the you know from working in a gym i my message has always been like exercise is already hard um making time for it is already hard um and it's just to try and make it as natural as possible not forced not stressful not mm -hmm. out of guilt not out of anything else other than you know that it's good for you take a little moment of time and then just gradually try and make it a habit and make the party alive yeah um and you also it was recently this year you launched active eyewear yeah, so we launched our last no, year. COVID is like, yeah, we was this year. This year. It was yeah, we launched in the middle of a pandemic. That's how can I forget that? Um, <laughs> we had to make a call. We'd been building out this company for like 18 months and then we had to make a call where like, you know, March came around, everyone goes into lockdown and we're like, Oh my gosh, like, what do we do? Do we go ahead and we're like, let's look at the positives of this, let's look at the opportunity and we've come this far and let's go. Like let's stick together and let's go. So yeah, we went for that. Um, it was somewhere first quarter, maybe mid, I think we're like five or six months in. I can't even remember now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we launched that and just roll with it. So I've been just adapting to the business owner side of things and being on that side. Luckily I've got a good team of people who are smarter than me, um, <laughs> to help, to help educate me and guide me along the process, but it's learning every day. And is there anything else you're working on? I mean, you're juggling a lot but anything else you want to share because we have been chatting for a while and I'm sure you have tons of things to do your days just starting oh you know what yeah um, yeah we're gonna we're gonna get some Santa photos soon um <laughs> we um yeah so that's pretty much it to be honest we've uh I maxed myself out a lot leading into competition leading into the CrossFit Games training multiple times a day and and a whole heap of things and Matt and I reassessed our life and COVID made us do that too. And we went like, how do we, how do we get the most out of these days? Um, because, you know, there's only so many of them in the end. And we sold our house. We, we put our house on the market. We sold it in two days. Congrats. And Holy crap. we were like, we were like, we need to go. So we just moved to the beach about two and a half, maybe three weeks ago. Congrats. To the beach. Wow. That's amazing. Yep, and we moved closer to active eyewear so that I can have more purposeful time 
um, and be more in that and have it be easier on the family and then be around the beach so that we have better quality time. It's like better focused everywhere. Mm-hmm. But my goal is to just train, do active. I've got a few like the little side projects like the ultra human and stuff, stuff that I can fit in that makes me feel really good and stuff that I like to add value. Um, and then, yeah, just focus on our business and focus on our family and, um, and setting up a new home and things like that. So I'm trying to consolidate and tidy things up so that when one day I'm not an athlete anymore, um, I've got, I've got business and everything's kind of like settled and I can, you know, maybe have another kid and just be mum mode. That's, that's the goal. (laughs) The ultimate goal. I mean, you're always going to be an athlete, but maybe not a professional one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not my, not my main, my main thing. I think by the time when I finally decide, if we decide to have a second kid, then um, I don't want to be competing. It's that would be like one too many things that I think would then take away from them. It would take away from Scotty and take away from that. And it would be too much of a stress on my body and everything. So um, I'll always work out and work out pretty hard, I think, but just not as my job. Now that you're 18 months postpartum, are you back to your same strength or more or? Yeah, like I, um, some stuff is stronger. Some stuff is pro- kind of level. Um, I'm definitely probably back to back to normal. Uh, it just depends on then consistency and training because kids change stuff and sometimes your day gets, you know, flipped upside down. So like in the, in the games, I PR'd my front squat, which I'd like, would never happen that took me a really long time to build back up um especially breastfeeding because it just like you know pulls every bit of everything out of you into your child um and yes I'd say I'm I'm pretty much there and then now just making progress on my weaknesses again but it took a yeah it took a while took quite a while to get back to that level at a good pace at a natural pace without compromising anything else mm-hmm. um you know if I if I kind of pulled a lot of other things away I could have maybe been there quicker but uh, I wasn't willing to do that so um I think I've done it at a really good pace and I'm happy with where I'm at now and I'm just trying to find a balance now to train really hard but to enjoy myself a lot more what um okay last question and it has yeah. to do with your PR what are your because I think that sometimes like a lot of my like people that follow me or that are watching this, <clears throat> they may or may not know you because I have a whole slew of like midwives to like all different types of uh, women that come on. So just so they can understand what kind of strength you're pushing, what is your back squat and then your front squat? Oh, so you know what? I'm not going to know it in pounds. I'd have to calculate that. So my, ba- <laughs> um, my back squat is like 150 kilos. So, so like uh, let me help. I've got my little calculation here. So, oh, hang on. Pound. That would be 330 pounds um, would be my back squat. I hit that maybe, so that was my equal PR. Now I don't focus on strength because I'm already quite strong. There's other aspects I really yeah, needed to fix after having a baby um so I hit that probably like somewhere earlier in the year maybe like 10 months 11 yeah maybe like a year postpartum probably took me a full year yeah yeah I think it probably took me a full year um and then I was able to then PR like I PR'd my front squat um which was like 293 pounds um that was in the game so that was like May. July. Four months. 
pardon? Was it? How many? No, years? I don't. Yeah, so that was that was in September, May, June, July, August, September. So sixteen months postpartum. I was then I hit a PR, um, and uh, yeah, in a competition mode. So yeah, it takes time, but yeah, probably about a year. I'd say it takes at least a year to be kind of where you were, depending on your time and resources and and commitment to that aspect. Keeping in mind that it's my job. For a lot of people, right. it's not their jobs. So unless you're going to like dedicate full time, like you would, you know, a lot of women have to go back to work. Um, so that's my going back to work. So keeping right. that in mind, I definitely think you can get back to a good, you can get good back to a good place at 12 months. Um, and you know, obviously, you kind of hit certain checkpoints that are that are a little bit better mm-hmm. as you go. And depending on your labor too, like depending on your pelvic floor and your ab separation and mm-hmm. like. All those kind of things are a huge factor. Um, what you're, what time you're able to have to dedicate to your nutrition, and you right. know, so many things. And just each woman as an individual, everyone's different. Yeah, totally. We're so different. I, yeah, I didn't know how I was going to go. And I think um, there were some things that surprised me. I got some things back super quick that I thought were going to be really tricky, and then some things like went backwards. You know, like I started to build and then they went backwards. Like my strength was really, really hard. I went through a lull where I started to get stronger and then I hit a point a few months postpartum where like the sleep deprivation catches up. Oh, and yeah. Being a, it just like hit me like a ton of bricks at like maybe four or five months in and it just like, and then I went backwards again, you know, because it just, it caught up and I was trying to do other things. And so it's not linear. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't just like go, you get better, like you get better, you're worse and better again. And (laughs) it's, it's all over the place. Um, you know, based on, on my experience one time. (laughs) So, and then I'm sure if I did it again, it's going to be totally different. A hundred percent. I hear, that's what I hear that no matter like whether it's your first or your fifth or whatever, it's different every time. Yeah, and even the midwives were like, look, you had this, like, terrible labor. They're like, it probably won't be anything like that the second time. Your body knows what to do now. Like, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah, I'll be on the – she'll, like, baby will come out on the bathroom floor or something. It'll be, like, the total opposite. (laughs) That'd be amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you for your time. And I I really, really appreciate it. That's, That's really it. Thank you. It's good. I like talking about, uh, yeah, talking about all the mum stuff. It's kind of like nice to say it out loud and to feel normal and just like it's a, it's an okay thing. Cause often we get lost, like just circling around in your head, wondering if it's okay and normal and to just talk about it or listen to it, I think has a lot of value. A hundred percent.